Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Sir William of House Lombard. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into chapter 36, uh, Daenerys 4 of A Game of Thrones. And in A World of Ice and Fire we are discussing the Westerlands. That's kind of hard to believe we're only in, you know, Daenerys 4. Wow. I know. Every time we come to Daenerys chapter, we say that. We're like, man, it feels like we haven't talked about Daenerys in a while. And I think the last time I said, hey, I think we have 10 episodes Mm-hmm. Until we hit Daenerys again, but she has really long chapters. Yeah, yeah, um, and and right, and that's kind of why. And Daenerys is one of those characters who, you, a POV read like in in the first book, it's pretty much like there's not really a lot you hear about her. Um, we heard about her, you know, like when was it a week or two ago when you know Ned was fighting with the Council, but other than right. that, you don't really hear a lot about Daenerys. Right, right, yeah. Well, and actually, you know, I mean, we're gonna talk in. in this week like you know her pregnancy moving along as it is mm-hmm. you know and so we kind of forget that like it you know some significant amount of time is has passed and i think people in the past who have timelined this out i've looked at like her age compared to john snow's people are always talking about mm-hmm. when these chapters start you know and just because mm-hmm. what we read uh right we, you know we read it where john is right now you know could danny could be that could be something that's happening you know after you know it's it's weird it's weird the way in which you know, it's it's sort of timelined out, so I don't know. Sometimes it's just mm-hmm. difficult to keep track of, but okay. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Um, um, all right. Well, uh, Ezra, sir, Ezra, how you doing today, man? Dude, I I mean, it's just you know, how am are I getting, doing? It's, are you get are you getting le- are you getting less stressed out? No, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. You know, like I wish I could say yes. Um. But I just can't. You know what? That's okay. This old hedge knight here, you know, I'm. It just put it on my shoulders. Okay, I'm just a workhorse. Mm. I'm just gonna keep going. You know, try and stop mm. me. So I, right. I'm just gonna keep my head down and just keep doing what I gotta do. Um, I think you know, between you and I, you know, we've got some plans for ways to make our lives less stressful. So that that'll be good. Uh, but no, I mean overall, it's actually been. You know, I I I, I kind of joke and say. You know, I am always stressed out, but then I got to remind myself too to quit being so negative because it's like we're blessed. We have good, we have good mm-hmm. jobs. Like we're fine. You know, mm-hmm. we live. You know, we live in a good country. Things are. You know, the realm is prospering. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, we'll be all right. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey that's where I feel. Hey, man, my, you know, my uh, career searches are. I feel are, are improving. Yeah. Um. So that's 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 kind of that's kind of good. So have something maybe lined up that'll. Make my life my little more easier, but uh, yeah. Hey, man, you know what? You know what keeps me going is the realm. I know a lot of really good listeners. 
last was it last Friday we were getting kind of pumped up and people were sending us a lot of Ravens were like, Are you guys okay, man? What are you guys what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Stuff like that. Uh, yeah, Serezra and I we're always just uh yeah. We're always just looking at where we stand, you know, with the podcast and yeah, we're just and, and speaking of which, I just want to yeah. let everyone know uh, we got a lot of feedback because um, we've been talking about kind of the formatting of the show, and uh, I just want to let everyone know it is probably going to change a little bit once Fire and Blood comes out. Um, think we're Sarah and I have been thinking of a lot of ways to kind of streamline things. Yep. Um, to make it kind of easier for us and in the process should give you guys more content. Um, and I think kind of I think I think everyone's really going to like it, actually. Well, what's funny is, is that like, you know, the, the word streamline plus more. I mean, it makes sense. You're going to, you know, streamline it so mm-hmm. that way you can get more, actually. So um, right. that'll be good. It'll be more access, more influence and should should be should be fun so we're sp- still uh, kind of penciling down ideas sir matt came up with this though he's got some ideas um and yeah we'll we'll see how it goes yeah yeah so um all right well if we head on over to small council man uh it's been a while since we've done a girl watch and there's quite a bit of news actually going on right now yep um <clears throat> first of all john the game of thrones johnny walker edition i actually did finally get a bottle. I have yet to open it, and I don't know if I ever want to open it because it's like a collector's edition. But uh, I know other people have been posting about it. It is super cool. Um, actually, the liquor liquor store I went to, which is in the same parking lot as my gym. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I perfect, they had like several. They had several bottles. So you know, if you happen to live in the Portland, Oregon area, you know. Maybe you can find find yourself find yourself some some there, uh, but all right. Some other things. There was a special edition Funko Pop. Um, the creators. This was last month. I forgot. To, I, I meant to talk about this, but uh, it's like Dan, Dave, and Gurr. Yeah, Funko Pops. Uh, kind of cool. And um, some other news. Uh, do you remember earlier this summer they were having the contest of the top 100 great American reads and it was all of the, um, yeah. Yeah. I do remember. Um, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, was all, it was all the different books. Well, game of, and it was, so top 100 game of Thrones came in at number 48. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and let's see some other things. What, I don't know what we ended up, what ended up winning. Lord of the Rings came in fifth. Uh, I don't really know what came in first, and the fact that it's not actually Lord of the Rings is kind of yeah, curious. it's something. It's uh, yeah. Who's... I'm actually surprised. I'm actually surprised Game of Thrones is, is as high as it is. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I. I mean, don't get me. I mean, obviously, we love the books and everything, but I would just. I mean, Game of Thrones is still relatively new, right? And I feel like. You know, like 50 years from now, I could see it moving up because of the influence of the show and people can go back to it yep. and things like that. But I'm actually surprised that it's it was actually that high, especially when you consider that things like, you know, War of the Worlds were on the ballot, Tale of Two Cities, like Great Expectations, Tom yep. Sawyer, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So, well, um, yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, s- the fact that it, the fact that it's even in the top 50 uh, says a lot. Yeah, it does. I mean, the, like the other thing is too is um, your audience. You know how many young readers. Mm-hmm. You know because the the thing with uh, right. Lord of the Rings, you've got young readers alike, and people have been reading it for what is it? You know, eighty, right? Seventy years. I don't even know how long they've been reading The Hobbit. Well, yeah, but, exactly. Like it's just it just comes down to like time and you know things yeah. like that. 
Yeah. Like Game of Thrones is still too young for me to even consider it like a classic. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah that's a good Compared point. to like Huckleberry Finn, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah. That, so that was something that we talked about earlier. Um, and there has been some casting announced for The Long Night. Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, the first cast member is Naomi Watts. Um, I had to look her up. I, she seemed quite familiar, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, Ger, uh, let me see here. Gur says he could not be more excited. Welcome to Westeros, Naomi. Um, Gur says, meanwhile, there are still a couple of other possible prequels in active development. I can't tell you the subject matter of those projects. No, sorry. Wish I could. The readers among you might want to grab a copy of Fire and Blood when it's released on November 20th, though. Um, well, so what's he saying there? Yeah. What, I mean, is he saying... I don't know. Dance of the Dragons, maybe. King Jaehaerys, maybe. Kind of cool. I don't know, you know? He could do Aegon's Conquest. I mean, who knows? I mean, if he's going to... If he's going to make, if he's going to say, what I would do. yeah, well, if he's going to yeah. say that uh, he can't talk about them, but if I were you, I'd go buy a copy of Fire and Blood, you know, and that's sort right. of a, I don't know, that, 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 that would be neat because we were yeah. just talking that, you know, the Age of Heroes stuff for the Long Night, you're not going to have any Targaryens in that, are you? I mean, you mm-hmm. might reference them or you might hear mention of them across the, yeah. the sea, but you're not going to have any Targaryens there at all. Mm-hmm. So that, you know is interesting in and of itself so yeah um yeah i'm looking up naomi watts i uh, she's one of those actresses where if like you 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 see here you're like yeah. oh, okay maybe i she was in like the ring and yep yep the ring I just got her wow. Wiki- wikipedia yeah. here uh i love the i love huckabees she was in the ring too okay so she's doing pretty she's pretty, doing pretty well good there, i guess yep. Uh, yeah, uh, a bunch of other stuff. I'm like, she's a supporting actress know. a lot. It looks like uh, right. She was in Saint Vincent, which is a movie. It's got Bill Murray in it and uh, Melissa McCarthy. I remember her uh, in that. But other than that, I'm kind of I'm looking at some of the stuff and I'm like, yeah, I don't can't say that I I know that. Um, so hmm. she's in the Book yeah. of Henry. Yeah, she's in things. like some episodes of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah, yeah. it actually has cool. it listed here, though, yeah. that uh, she's in The Long Night, you know, TV mm-hmm. movie pre-production. So. And also, uh, one other thing kind of on Gur Watch, and, and the last thing here, is that Fire and Blood is coming out this month, and so Gur has declared November Targaryen Appreciation Month. No way. I I actually thought that every month in Gur's eyes was <laughs> Targaryen Appreciation Month. <laughs> but, oh, uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Uh yeah, so he said. Uh yeah, she had he had he had he had a he had a post here. I had the I had the other day. Um, Good for oh, him. It's, like, it's easier easier if I pull it up on my on my on my Twitter because I I had retweeted it. But yeah, he says yeah, it's Targa- Targaryen Appreciation Month. Um, and Thursday is Targaryen Thursday, so you should give your favorite quote on Thursdays from Targaryens. He said, share your favorite quote um, about Targaryens. So, Sir Ezra, what's your favorite Targaryen quote? Wow. Um, that's a tough one. I'd have to think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, besides just like their, you know, fire and blood. I mean, you got to think of something a little extra special. You know what I mean? Um, right. Yeah, I I thought mine was, um, I'm Lord Commander Jon Snow. That's my favorite Targaryen <laughs> quote. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or uh, burn them all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah burn. Yeah, yeah, bur- yeah. Burn them all is also is also up pretty there. good. Yeah, so that's funny. 
So, okay. All right. Well, let's let's go ahead and, and dive into uh, our uh, Maester study here. We are f- talking about something I've been wanting to talk about for a long time, and that is the Westerlands. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's funny. Last week we were talking about the Iron Islands, and uh, was it Sir Gibbs who called us out on it when we were like, "Yeah, we don't really care." And then, like, once we started talking, we're like, you know, this is pretty interesting, yeah. actually. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right, right, right away. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, here. The Westerlands uh, are a place of rugged hills and rolling plains, of misty dolls and craggy shorelines, a place of blue lakes and sparkling rivers with fertile fields of broadly forest that team with game of every sort, where half-hidden doors in the side of wooded hills open onto labyrinth caves that uh, wend their way through darkness to reveal unimaginable wonders and vast treasures deep beneath the earth. These are rich lands, temperate and uh, fertile, uh, shielded by high hills to the east and south and endless blue waters of the Sunset Sea to the west. Once the children of forest made their homes in the woods, whilst giants dwelt amongst the hills, where their bones can still occasionally be found. But then the first men came with fire and bronze axes to cut down the forest, plow the fields, and drive roads through the hill country where the giants made their abodes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this is uh, an area where we do not spend a lot of time in. Yeah, no. A Song of Ice and Fire. I mean, really not a lot do we ever spend time in the Westerlands. No, and and it's... uh... You know, like, like I, I didn't even realize, so I'm looking at some of the houses here, too, uh, and then as they come up, you kind of forget, you know, when these when these characters are introduced, and it's like Lord so-and-so from House whatever, it's like, right. where where is that at, you know? And you have to kind of uh, mm-hmm. go look it up and, and figure out where they're all from, because you've got houses here, like, I just realized, um, obviously, you know, we know about the Lannisters, but we've got, um, and, I, and I knew about the Westerlings, uh, for sure, mm-hmm. but you've got, like, the Plums, so I just yep. uh, yeah, house, thought. Yeah, I, was, I was just about to mention that. Yeah, the plums who yeah. Maynard Plum in uh, the Mystery Night, kind right? Of a, kind of a big deal. Although, is it actually Maynard Plum? Yeah, I, I, well, yeah, it's not. I don't think, but yeah. it's sort of like <laughs> I think it, just kind of a right. a, a cool connection there. That uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. So some of, some of the houses of the, of the Westerlands we have, um, you know, Kraken uh, Hall. That's one we hear about. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. Brax, who I I'm, I'm blanking on them. Clegane, obviously, Farman, Lefterd, Rain, uh, Westerling, Payne. There's there's one. Uh, Marbrand. There's another one we kind of hear back. Um, Lydon, Prester, and Tarback. Yeah. So yeah, some some of those sound kind of familiar. Yeah, um, you know, like um, Westerling, Payne, Clegane. Um, but man, some of those other ones, Brax. I can't tell you. I could not tell you who the last you know who some who that is yeah i'd have to go look that up i was just looking up crack hall um and just looking at uh some of the was it roland crack hall and uh mm-hmm. you've got a couple other different mm-hmm. people sir, sir tybalt you know his is heir. right um right so uh, yeah right so uh, as you kind of pull that up i'll, I'll kind of s- some piece piece some other stuff here too just yeah. some of the history um, many and more great houses trace their roots back to the golden age of the first men. Among those are the Hawthorns, the Foots, the Brooms, and the Plums. So there's even some other ones um, that, th- that they kind of mention here. But I kind of want to talk a little bit about the Casterlies. I have a, a big passage here I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read. Okay. Though never kings, the Casterlies became the richest lords in all of Westeros and the greatest power in the Westerlands, and remain, and remain so for hundreds of years. 
By then, the Dawn Age had given the way to the Age of Heroes. That was when the golden-haired rogue called Lan the Clever appeared from out of the east. Some say he was an Andal adventurer from across the Narrow Sea, though his wife was millennia uh, before... Although, excuse me, though this was uh, millennia before the coming of the Andals to Westeros. Regardless of his origins, the tales agree that somehow Lan the Clever uh, winkled the Casterlies out of their rock and took it for his own. Hmm. The, precise, the precise method by which he accomplished this remains a matter of conjecture. It is the most common version of the tale uh, that Lan discovered a secret way inside the rock, a cleft so narrow that he had to strip off his clothes and coat himself with butter in order to squeeze through. Once inside, however, he began to work his mischief, whispering threats in the ears of sleeping casterlies, howling from the darkness like a demon, stealing treasures from one brother to plant in the bedchamber of another, um, rigging sundry snares and deadfalls. By such methods, he set the casterlies at odds with one another and convinced them that the rock was haunted by some fell uh, creature that would never let them live out in peace. Other tellers prefer other versions of the tale. In one, Lan uses the cleft to fill the rock with mice, rats, and other vermin, thereby driving the castor- by driving out the Casterlies. In another, he smuggles a pride of lions inside, and Lord Casterly and his sons are all devoured. After which, Lan, uh, Lan claims lordship uh, over, uh, over the wife and daughters for himself. A bedfast of stories has Lan stealing in uh, night after... Night after night to have his way with Casterly's maidens whilst they sleep. Yeah. In nine months' time, the maids all give birth to golden-haired children whilst still insisting they had never had uh, carnal knowledge of a man. <laughs> the last tale, as it is, has certain intriguing aspects that might hint at the truth of what occurred. It is Archmaester Perston's belief. Now, real quick, there's yep. an Archmaester we've never heard of. Yep, yep. Here's, mm-hmm. Yeah, brand new Archmaester that I've... Who yeah, is yeah, this guy? Yeah, right. Seeing that. Yeah, who's that? Belief that Lan was a retainer of some sorts in service to Lord Casterly, perhaps a guard, who impregnated his lordship's daughter or daughters, though that seems less likely, and persuaded her father to give him the girl's hand in marriage. If indeed this was what occurred, assuming that Lord Casterly had no true-born sons, then in the natural cause of events, the rock would have passed to the daughter and hence to Lan upon the father's death. There is, to be sure, no historical evidence for this uh, for for this version more than any other version. All that is known is that cert- certain something happened during the Age of Heroes. Uh, the Castellis vanish from the Chronicles, and the Lannisters appear in their place, ruling large portions of the Westerlands from beneath Casterly Rock. Okay, uh, so do you think then? I mean that w- this age of heroes. I mean, obviously we're talking. It says uh, the long night is what you know they're kind of calling right. it, but leading into that, the age of heroes. Are we going to discover this? You know, I think I think we are. I think I think that that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it'd be cool to to see some of the to see some of these people. Obviously, Garth Greenhand, yeah. um, Brand the Builder. Right, we have no idea. And the other thing is that I am expecting this long night show to be kind of different. Yeah, like I don't think it, it might not feel like Game of Thrones. Right, and that's and that's okay. It should feel different. It's a different show. So, hmm. yeah. Did you see the next line? So, Land the Clever supposedly lived to the age of three hundred and twelve and sired right a uh, hundred bold sons and a hundred uh, you know uh, lissom daughters, right. all fair faced. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. he's one of those you know. From the Age of Heroes. 
Right. Uh, so now I'm going to skip ahead here a little bit, Sir Ezra, and talk a little bit about um, the first Lancel Lannister. Okay. Uh, this is at the end of page, looks like 812. Um, yeah. Uh, well, in my, my version. Mm-hmm. Um, the first Lancel Lannister, known, of course, as Lancel the Lion, rode to war against the Gardener kings of Highgarden and conquered the Reach as far south as Old Oak before be, uh, being felled in battle. His son, Lorin III, lost all uh, his father had gained and earned the mocking name Lorin the Limp. King Gerald Lannister, known as uh, Gerald the Great, sailed to the Iron Islands and returned with a hundred ironborn hostages, promising to hang every one, uh, promising to hang one every time the Iron uh, Men dared raid his shores. Mm-hmm. True to his word, Gerald hanged more than twenty of the hostages. Lancel the Fourth is said to have beheaded the Ironborn King Harold, uh, half drowned, and his heir with a single stroke of a Valyrian steel sword. Uh, bright roar at the Battle of Lands Point. He later died in the Battle of the Red Lake while attempting to invade the Reach. And then we get a nice little picture of Bright Roar there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to read a little bit more here just about that sword because that's a Valyrian steel sword we've talked about before and people have asked us. And it kind of disappears, right? And we, we have no idea where it is. And this is where we get some of that direct information. Yeah, right. Yeah. The sword, yeah, the, the sword Bright Roar came into possession of the Lannister kings in the century before the doom. And it is said that the weight of gold they paid for it would have been enough to raise an army, but it was lost little more than a century later when Tommen II carried it. With him when he sailed uh when he carried it with him when he sailed with his great fleet to the ruined Valyria. With the intention of plundering the wealth and sorcery he was sure still remained, the fleet never returned, nor Tommen, nor Brightroar. The last report of them is found in a Valentine chronicle called The Glory of Volantis. There it is stated that a golden fleet bearing the Lion King had stayed there for supplies and that the uh, Triarchs lavished him with gifts. The chronicle claims that he swore that half um, he found to be given to the uh, Triarchs and returned for their generosity and a promise to send them, send their fleet to his aid when he requested it. After that, he sailed away. The year after, the Chronicle claims that the Triarch uh, Markello Targos dispatched a squadron of ships towards Valyria to see if any sight of the Golden Fleet could be found, but they returned empty-handed. So we don't really know what happened. It just kind of disappears. Uh, right, correct. Yeah, there are some people, though. You know, it, yeah, it does disappear, and they're going to kind of plunder. Uh, you know, um, right, Old Valyria after the Doom. But there are some folks who are speculating that it could return. You know, mm-hmm. that it could be a sword that we might see again. And mm-hmm. um, there's different. You know, on the uh, A Song of Ice and Fire uh, form or a form of Ice and Fire. Uh, you guys can find some some nice theories there on that. I was just like, looking up a few as as uh, Sir Matt was reading there. And, um, you know, like Tywin's brother, you know, is, is somebody mm-hmm. of interest who people are kind of looking at as someone who might be able to bring it back. Uh, you know, the Laughing Lion, you know, things like that. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, after, after that, it kind of goes into a big kind of um, segment about kind of how what what has led up to kind of the Lannisters today. A lot of it has to do a lot of it is kind of retelling the story of Tywin which we went over a couple weeks ago right uh, right when we were doing uh, Mad King, because that, that's really a big Tywin Lannister chapter more than anything. So 
um, just kind of just kind of retelling, you know, some some of their house history and, and what happens there. But I thought we would talk a little bit about here um, Casterly Rock. Yeah, you know the actual the actual castle of Casterly Rock. All of the pictures from it are super cool. It is way high up on this hill. You know, yeah. it is it is like this huge huge rock, and there's you know, like 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 some sort of port down at the bottom. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Casterly Rock, the ancient seat of House Lannister, is no ordinary castle. Although crowned with towers and turrets and watchtowers, with stone walls and oaken gates and iron uh, portcullises guarding its every means of egress, the ancient fortress is, in truth, a colossal rock beneath, beside the Sunset Sea, a rock that some say looks like a lion in repose when the sun sets and the shadows fall. The rock has been a habitation for men for thousands of years. Before the coming of the first men, it seems likely that the children of the forest and giants made their homes in the great sea-carved caverns at its base. Bears, lions, wolves, and bats have also been known to make their lairs within. It says there's hundreds of mine shafts that go beneath. Obviously, we know that's how the Lannisters got a lot of um, money is they yep. have gold mines right. down there. Um and it says that Castle Rock has never been taken by storm or siege. No castle in the Seven Kingdoms is larger, richer, or better defended. Legends say that uh, Visenya Targaryen, upon seeing it, thanked the gods that King Loren rode forth to face her brother Aegon on the Field of Fire. For if he had remained within the rock, even Dragonflame would not have daunted him. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, the lords of Castle Rock have gathered many treasures over the century and the sites of the rock, especially with the Golden Gallery, with its gilded or, uh, ornaments and walls, and the Hall of Heroes, where the costly armor worn by a hundred Lannister knight, knights, lords, and kings stand eternal. Um, uh, stand eternal guard are just fam uh, famed throughout the Seven Kingdoms, even in the lands be beyond the Narrow Sea. So, so that's something we've never seen, though, right? I mean, wouldn't that be... Uh, that's a, this this hall of, you know, where all these armor, like jeweled armor right. pieces are at, um, worn by famous folk, you know, that would be awesome. And when you look at the photos, if you get a chance to go look at the actual uh, photo here, and again, this is something that Gurr kind of uh, sees as a good representation of what he describes as Casterly Rock. Right. Uh, it's it's huge, and it almost makes you think it's hiding something, that there's something mm -hmm. in there that, that's being preserved or hidden, you know? Um, right. A good spot to kind of you know, hold a secret weapon or something. I don't know. So, you know, it's kind of like, what all secrets mm -hmm. does it have? Is there more there uh, than meets the eye? So, yeah, we see it in the show um, for like a brief second. Remember, it was last season where Daenerys sent the Unsullied to Castle Rock and Tyrion knew some of the secret passages and they pulled everyone out. So yep. when they got there, there was nothing there. And then they went and took over Highgarden and all of its money. Just smart move. Yeah. Smart move by Cersei. Yeah. So, right. Um, oh my gosh, let me see something here. So, okay, so real quick, just to back up, you know, Tywin's brother, I've, I've been looking up some stuff on him. I think his name's, oh, uh, is it, is it Jaron Lannister? I think that's, that's Probably, what it is. Yeah. yeah. And, um, he, he sails on a ship called the Laughing Lion, I believe is, 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 is where that comes from. Um, mm -hmm. but he is the youngest of the, of the four brothers. Uh, so mm -hmm. Tywin has also a sister in there as well. But, um, He's overshadowed by his older brothers, but I thought this was interesting in, let's see, he does this coming-of-age tour where he goes, you know, um, across the way to the free cities and everything, and it says that once he gifted Robert Baratheon with a gilded dagger, um, it has this uh, ivory oh. grip and a sapphire on the pommel. 
So, mm. yeah, it says he also um, gifted uh, Tyrion on his name day with the books of wonders and wonders made by men. Um, yeah, it's just it's just kind of neat. It gives you a couple different things. The mention of the dagger was interesting to me because I was trying to think back to the description of, you know, um, the Valyrian steel dagger that, that we have that started everything, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So I just thought it was interesting that he gives him a gilded dagger complete with ivory grip and a sapphire on the pommel. So again, there's a saf- sapphires are showing up again. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, he's he's the one who decided to go find. I mean, since he's so overshadowed, he wanted to go find um, Bright Roar, and ends up um, losing a lot of his crew. He had to buy slaves because he was going into the Smoking Sea, and. You know, no one, no one wanted him. No one wanted to go, and so you know, Tywin since he tracked him as far as Volantis. So there's rumors too. I think I've, I've said this in a previous episode of of him coming across a like there's a girl at a tavern that they meet over there. I think it might be Tyrion uh, and, and and Jorah, who who could have been, um, you know, an offspring or you know, like a, a bastard daughter to. Um. Uh, what's his name? So, J- Gerald, Jaron. I don't know right. how you say his name. I have no idea how you say his name. Uh, they call right. him. They call him Jerry. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. his his alias. <laughs> so, anyways. Yeah. But uh, they, you know, so she's over there. You know, so he definitely maybe he just so maybe he did find it. You know, um, mm-hmm. maybe he could bring it back. Maybe it's something that he's, you know, give. Came back, died, gave it to gave it to somebody else, and somebody else is is holding it, you know, and stuff. It's just kind of cool that this sword was lost, and then a brother went to go find it, and we don't know whether he's going to make it back. There's this is talked a lot about in the Dance of Dragons and a Feast of Crows, um, mm-hmm. is is where it's all mentioned. So, kinda, yeah, kind of cool stuff. Yeah, super cool. So, all right, guys. Well, uh, next week we will be in the Reach. We are almost done mm-hmm. here. Yeah, we. we we are almost done. We have two areas left of the Seven Kingdoms. Right. Uh, that's that's kind that's kind of it. So right. And 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 do, and do know, guys, if you want to go check out more of like the individual houses again, you can click on every house, and and we could go into extensive detail on the houses. You can also go look at uh, some of this history. We just jumped to the Lannisters, uh, but there's more stuff with the First Men and the and the kings mm-hmm. who were there. You know the different um, petty right. Yeah. Petty yeah, kings. Eventually, yeah. You know? Yeah, eventually, eventually we want to do like bigger maester studies on, um, you know, the the bigger houses and right um, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So. so just know that there's more. But yeah, so that's pretty much for sure. Yep. Just kind of a yeah overview there. So, um, all right. Well, if we move on over to the reread last uh, this week, we we're in Daenerys four. Last week, we were in Eddard nine. Um where Littlefinger had taken Ned to the brothel that John Aaron had visited. There he had talked to a young whore whose daughter, who had a daughter that looked a lot like King Robert. Um, they were returning to the Red Keep, and Ned was ambushed by Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Um, last time we were talking, we were with Danny. Da- Daenerys had learned to embrace the life of Drogo's Kalisar and stands up to Viserys for the first time. Afterward, um, Daenerys had uh, learned how to. Uh, yeah, she she learned some tricks. She, yeah, okay. she's, yeah, 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 yeah. She yeah she she learned some tricks and uh, realizes that uh, she's pregnant. Right. So, 
Yeah. So hey, that I, happens. Yeah, you gotta you know? relax. You gotta. I mean, can't be tense. Yep. So you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Play here, anyways. Uh, yeah. Um. All right. Well, this week Daenerys four the Kalasar enters Vase Dothrak. And they ride up the God's Way. Daenerys discusses the pros and cons of the Dothraki combat skills with Sir Jorah Mormont. Once they have settled in, Daenerys invites Viserys to have supper with her and makes a peace offering of new clothes. He becomes angry and grabs her. She hits him hard with a belt and tells him to leave. Yeah. Yep. So I kind of have I kind of have this. I mean, there, we could have broken this down more, but I just kind of have it into two sections. Um, section one, I have it, the cart king. Yep. And section two, I have it, waking the, and then air quotes, dragon. Yeah. Yeah, because I think one dragon does awake, and I think yeah. another it isn't really a dragon. At so. all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well, yeah we will um, <clears throat> we'll we'll get to that. But, yeah, the way it, it kind of starts, and, you know, the Kalasar enters Vase Dothrak, um, they're under the mount, uh, mother of the mountains, and uh, it's kind of proceeding along there, and they end up passing under that huge horse gate. Yeah. Yep. Sir. Yeah. With like with the bronze uh, stallions is, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's like a pair of bronze stallions, stallions, and their hooves meet like half. Uh, right. It's like a hundred feet up, or or something like that. And uh, Daenerys is wondering why they need a gate. Yeah. Yeah, when there's like there's no walls, no buildings, and no people. Right. Um, and it's kind of a cool, you know, it's kind of a, a like a cool city they're talking about. Um, we know as we'll, we get to, we get to that city, we get to the city later. But um, yeah, she right, yeah. So she looks back at Viserys, and he's you know who's now on a horse again, and uh-huh. then she, we kind of we kind we kind of get like some of the the story of like you know his his trip right where he's. Uh, He's walking you know, at Caldro- first. Caldro- yeah, yeah Caldrogo made him walk, and then he got a ride in a cart, which he thought was cool. But then they were make- they were really making fun of him, calling him like the cart king. Right. Yeah. But because because uh, it's for little children, old women, right. old men, mm-hmm. um, you know, crippled, disabled, you know, folks, and so that's yeah. He's he's in the cart there, thinking it's it's a it's a good thing, but really it's it's actually an insult. Um, and mm-hmm. then before that, he was called the Sorefoot King. You know, because he mm-hmm. was he was walking so much, uh, uh, and I think it was. Yeah, what, what is it? It's like Kal Kal Raymar. Yeah, yeah. Is, is the is Dothraki? Yeah. Right, right. And so that's, they were they were calling him. They were mocking him, uh, in in that regard. And eventually, it's it's Danny who kind of uh, begs Cal Drogo to let let him have a horse back. You know, like give him that much respect or whatever. And he really just doesn't. This is not one of his right. people necessarily. So I, I think he's just sort of like whatever. Like it doesn't, right? You know, phase no. him a whole lot. So. Um. Yeah, but uh, now th- there's a bit here I think which is interesting between um, we're going to talk about the city because I think the city is really interesting too. But I, uh, D- Danny talking to Sir Jorah is is huge. You know, um, you can really see Sir. Oh, Jorah absolutely. That's that's develop. Yeah, this here. is this is really cool, and this is also where you get some real some world building, right? This is this is one of the first. Uh, First things I think of when I think of like, oh, like we're really kind of to build this world where we get like the differences of what would actually happen if the Dothraki met. And they talk about some of the combat and stuff like that. And it's mm-hmm. it's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, she's often she's thinking, you know, uh, they, they talk about the difference between um, this being a gift, you know, that that uh, that Daenerys as his as Cal Drogo's uh, bride is is he's she's a gift. You know, um, it's not right. uh, this fair trade so we talk about uh 
Viserys is always talking about the idea of getting 10,000 Dothraki Screamers, and he could take back the Seven Kingdoms, right? But mm-hmm. could he actually do that, Sir Matt? That's the question. And that's the question, I think, posed to Jorah Mormont. Could he actually do it? Um, and that's where they kind of have a bit of a, a back and forth, and you learn that, uh, could Viserys do it? Not necessarily. Uh, right. But But someone else at the head of that, and that's where Danny kind of, and I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but that's where she kind of asked, like, well, what if it were someone else? You know, and there's just a really cool back and forth between them two, between those two on, on you know, if there was a different leader. Um, and then as you were saying, you know, would could they meet them in open combat? Would uh, Westerosi lords even attempt to meet them in open combat? And we were just reading about the Westerlands there, and I think it says that their that their militia could. Could uh, that they the, when, when they call their banners they could be anywhere from forty to fifty thousand, you know, strong. Right. And so it's right. like, don't they mention here too that that, that uh, before uh, Jorah Mormont came to, you know, once he was now he's now he's among the Kalasar beforehand he thought that maybe a thousand knights could could take on ten times their number. You know what I mean? Or a hundred times their right. number. But now he's really he's really reconsidering it. You know. So right, well, yeah, and he he talks he talks a little bit about you know like they're they're much better archers, they're much better horseback riders, yeah. Um, but th- at the end of the day, and they may I don't know if they talk about it in the book. I can't remember was it the book or the show where they talk about like siege, like they wouldn't be able to siege a castle. Yeah, they talk about it here. Yeah, yeah, both in both they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we go away because I mean really. Okay, a cool little part as Jorah is is mentioning um, Robert Baratheon and the men he has around him when he thought of the wardens, right. the different wardens, and would they, you know, uh, could the Dothraki take one of the regions? Uh, he spits when he talks about Ned Stark. He spits on the ground and right. kind of curses his name, you know, because he took mm-hmm. away everything uh, from him. But he says that Robert Baratheon is the type of man, though, who hates to cower behind his walls. He would rather right. meet you on the open field. And so if, if you could bait him into that. And what's really interesting is that later on, uh, whether it was show or book, I can't remember, but like he has a discussion about what like, you know, it would be if it's, the whole Kalasar yeah, showed up, it would be suicide. That's I mean, a that's a that's the show. That's that's where he has right. that he has that conversation with Cersei and they Cersei. talk about his his yeah. Right. He has it's in the show. He has that conversation with Cersei about like their their firstborn and um, right. You know whether or not it would have either worked, and that's where he says like he's like you know what's what's more powerful five or one? Yeah, yeah, and good point. He like does he does the fist, and he's like one, and he he talks about it. And Cersei says she says well we could you know they I think it's Cersei who says something about they they wouldn't be able to siege the castles. He says it doesn't matter. He said they would just if we hold up in our castles they would just go around from village to village burning and burning, and then people would turn well, against them. Yeah, right. People would people would turn against them, and they would start to you know root for. He's thinking Viserys, right? Yeah, the you know the tar- the Targaryens is who right. they would who they would root for. So right, exactly. Yeah, I kind of like that little bit in the show. I, I can't remember if, if any yeah, it's of it cool comes up in the books, but I I do know that like, you know that's that's neat to get his insight as to you know, him back being a commander of these forces, right. you know, and him realizing that really the Seven Kingdoms are not you know as strong as people believe they are there's a lot of to, oh, so much infighting yeah. so much poli- so many politics that you know it can be done you know mm-hmm. so but to get into to, to jorah's mind you know he, i mean he, he talks about yeah as you said the, they can shoot from horseback you know um 
j- just like the difference in, in weapon and armor and that they're all mounted is another big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because you could have mm-hmm. mounted knights, uh, but again, it's different tactics, different style, you know, right. quick uh, speed versus strength, you know, mm-hmm. all those things are, are kind of uh, things you have to consider, you know, when you, when you, when you put right. the Dothraki against uh, the Seven Kingdoms. Right. So yeah, and, he, and in the show, he has a conversation with somebody about like the, the like plate versus, um, yeah, you know, like leather armor and stuff like that too. And they're talking about the differences of swords and things like that. And so yeah, so that's cool. I, I always love anytime we get that kind of military, um, like history or you know whatever tactics. Yeah, me too. Like that it just it add, it adds to the world. Explains like hey, these people are totally different, right? So. Right. Well, and, and and again, back to the commander. You know, it's sort of like if you're if you're more, um, I think if you show up with ten thousand Dothraki, you know, if you use it wisely and you build you build a force, and and mm-hmm. you start to kind of, um, you know, cow a certain group, and then then all of a sudden you bring them into your fold, and then you can amass an army. That might be the way to go do it. But just taking on King's Landing, you know, outright is, mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's not gonna necessarily work. Right. Um, so there's ways in which they can do it. But the other thing was, too, is that they're talking about how Viserys, he just believes that this this is, he's owed this. And he will, like, mm-hmm. why a trade is a trade? Why haven't I got my, my army yet? And it's like, right. well, this is actually, they consider this a gift. And he will gift you something else in return uh, in due time. But they do things in their own time. You know, the, the, right. the Dothraki are different. They look at the signs. You know, they're actually in Vase Dothrak just to kind of, you know, do this whole mm-hmm. ceremony for, 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 for Daenerys and for her unborn child, you know. So, yeah, they have rituals that they have to kind of, you know. Right. Work well, you through. know, right here, right here, it's like a, maybe like third or fourth page um, where they're there. And Sir Dora Mom is saying the Western market will have more food to your taste. Um, and then uh, the cow will honor his promises in his own time. He had better, Viserys says grimly. I was promised a crown and I mean to have it. The dragon is not mocked. Um, then skip skip ahead a little bit here, mm-hmm. and the knight looked. Uh, and so Viserys, I think he 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 rides off. He rides off. Yeah. And um, the knight looked after Viserys droughtfully. Your brother should have b- bided his time in Pentos. There is no place for him in a Kalasar. Illyrio tried to warn him. Yep. And so you know, um, so there's something interesting, right? Is you know, did Illyrio yeah. think he actually would have gone, or did you know, what's kind of the plan there? Well, I actually think he makes a fool out of himself by traveling with the Kalasar because Oh, he totally does. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying from Illyrio's Illyrio's oh, yeah. point of view, yeah. Yeah, well I, I think that again, so if he would have stayed, you know, it's like Caldrogo doesn't necessarily know what uh you know, what type of man he is, could could they could they plunder another city, could there be something to gain right. across the narrow sea? So yeah, he might have actually Followed through on his promise and given him his ten his ten thousand in in his own time, um, mm-hmm. you know. But I also wonder too, if it wasn't like, do you really think that the that Cal Drogo would give up ten thousand of his own men? You know. Yeah, I don't know. I that I, has I always wonder, been hard wonder, for me to kind of believe. Right. Yeah. I just I don't see him. I don't know. I maybe he just goes and takes like ten thousand slaves or something. But yeah. From like Illyria's point of view too, you've got to think like these cows change all the time. Yeah, Drogo's never lost, but like, right? 
every other cow had never lost, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's kind of how it works. So, right. And so I, I'm I'm thinking from a, from Illyrio's perspective, he's maybe he needed, uh, maybe he was indebted, or maybe this was something that he felt like he needed to uh, mm-hmm. to do. Maybe he didn't think she was going to survive, you know. But he keeps v- right. uh, Viser. I don't know. It just it's kind of bizarre because they could have used her as a bride for young Griff if they ever were going to. You know, make an alliance. Maybe there really is an alliance to be made there, and Illyrio is actually trying to, you know, gain support uh, for the Targaryens. Right. It just, it just does. It seems like such a, uh, a risk because they're they're mm-hmm. really uncontrollable. You know, and yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know. Now, if they make it, and Viserys stays, and he were to get like his own sellsword company, and then. You know, uh, Danny is out there, and she lives, has a couple children, and then she's accepted by those by those people. Well, then, yeah, maybe you know, Cal Drogo could uh, end end up supporting his brother in law. You know what I mean? But down the line, but it just, yeah, I don't right. know. Really foolish. And and Jorah tells him that, and so did so did Illyrio, and he just he's impatient. You know, he's just trying to live up to this uh, Targaryen uh, legacy. So yeah, I know we still we still just don't really I don't know. Illyrio, Illyrio, Illyrio's plan, you know? I know. To me, it seems like, I don't know, what if Illyrio... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like, maybe, what if you build their army up, right? So maybe, maybe what if the idea is, hey, let's let's build this Targaryen army up, right? Yeah. And then you go hire a faceless man, and then the faceless man just, say, kills Viserys. Yeah. Um, would then a reward from Robert Baratheon be worth more? You know, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. it's like, okay, we're, so then it's like once it's like, well, now look how big of a threat he is. Oh, and I'm the one that that took care of him. So then it's like, mm-hmm. you're, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you spend a hundred thousand to get three million or something like that. Yeah. Wait, now, do you mean from Illyrio's perspective or Jorah's? Yeah. So like maybe 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 Illyrio isn't isn't actually like trying. Maybe that's part of the reason he wants to build this Targaryen army. But initially I guess and you. then later late and then later it changes because the you know the realms in chaos after the war of the five kings right um but like but right now it's kind of like hey we could prop up a targaryen um because he they, they, they kind of fall in his lap right yeah i mm-hmm. mean they they just kind of show up so if you're Illyrio and you're this kind of you know schemer like i mean he's kind of like a little finger but he i think he's just focused a little more on money right um just because of the way the free cities work, it, there is power. You don't really need like positions. You just need money, right? Um, so from his perspective, it's, it's like here's a valuable asset that I just got. Yeah. Well, so, here's another yeah. angle, Sir Matt. You know, if he is, if, if he and Varys are Blackfire loyalist, you know, and they have a Blackfire among them, you know, and being young Griff, maybe right. he's the continuation of the female line or something, you know, then. And they see the Targaryens. Yeah, they might befriend them at first, and but then they sell the girl off because she's she's a goner. She's going to be with the with, with the with the Kalisar, and that she's not going to make survive that, you know. Or she's just going to go back to Vase Dothrak, and she's going to have to live in uh, this city. And then with the brother, as you said, maybe they do falsely try to pretend to prop him up and you know make him a bigger threat to King Robert. And then yeah, we'll take him out for you, King Robert. Boom! Now we've got some sway right. at court, you know, and we're still secretly building uh, a black fire slash pretender targaryen to take back you right. know i don't know that, that's that's all up you know a, a possibility so right uh, yeah, okay so yeah he yeah he will he will he will uh go as soon as he has his ten thousand. my lord uh husband promised a golden crown which of course we know he gets yep um 
Yes, Khaleesi, but the Dothraki look on those things different than we do in the West. I have told him as much as Illyrio told him, but your brother does not listen. The horse lords are no traitors. Viserys thinks he sold you, and now he wants his price. Yep. Um, yeah, Khal Drogo would uh, say that he had you as a gift, and he will give Viserys a gift in return. Yes, in his own time. You do not, yeah. you know, you do not demand a gift from a cow. You do not demand anything of a cow. So do do you? Th I wonder, like, if Cal Drogo even actually believed, like, oh hey, I need to give her an actual gift or give him right. an actual gift. Like, what what if his gift is like, you know, some sword or something? Yeah, that that could be that that could be. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. If his gift is murder, as you said, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just we we just don't really know like what. Because when he shows up, it's just like, oh, the plans were already already made, and <clears throat> the Viserys thinks he's getting his ten thousand. And as you well, kind of said, it just doesn't seem like Cal Drogo would do that. Like, who who actually Illyrio actually negotiated this? Well, like, yeah, was it, he actually supposed to get ten thousand, or you know, we don't really know. Right, and 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 so the, my other question too is is uh, what does he see in this in in Daenerys? You know what I mean? Did he really want something mm -hmm. different? Was he a cow who just wanted something? You know, um, a Khaleesi not of his own people, you know? Right. Maybe he did see some advantage because they have nothing, you know? Right. They, they, what, what do they have to offer? I mean, other than Illyrio would have to have given him much more. There has to be something right. else in the work. I don't know. That's right. Just doesn't yeah, make sense. Just, yeah, it just seems, uh, just seems, you know. A little shady. Yeah. It seems like something's not right. Something's up. Yeah. So, All right. So, okay. Um,. All right, so yeah, so then we have the conversation about um, the armies, which we talked a little bit about that. Um, something I did think was interesting was where it talks about what Rhaegar brought to the Trident, where they talk about could 10,000 men really take it? Yeah. Um, so so your, brother brought, your brother Rhaegar brought as many men to the Trident, 10,000. Um, but that number, no more than a tenth, were knights. It's so only 1,000 knights. The rest were archers, free riders, and foot soldiers armed with spears and pikes when Rhaegar fell. Many threw down their weapons and fled the field. How long do you imagine such a rabble would stand against a charge of 40,000 screamers howling for blood? How well, do you, how well would boiled leather jerkins and mailed shirts protect them when the arrows fell, fall like rain? Mm -hmm. Not long, she said. Right. Yeah, so so that's interesting though though about Rhaegar, and this is another little thing we get a little piece, little piece here. Um, why did Rhaegar? Why is that the army Rhaegar brought? Um, what do you mean, like like to the Trident, like the? Yeah, was that just all he had left, or was there a bigger plan? Well, I don't know. I think it might have been because maybe Rhaegar wasn't even there. Yeah, maybe he was. You know, right. I'm, just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, if, if you're one of those people, if you're one of those people. Who's in yeah. who's in that camp that Rhaegar wasn't there? I think that 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 line you can pull and use that as a yeah as uh, some leverage for that theory because why would you know Rhaegar Rhaegar doesn't bring a, like he just brings kind of you know yeah forty a mediocre army right that's why yeah. that's why if the Lannisters would have joined him you know that could have been huge um, right the fact that they that they didn't uh, you know says something right we know that they're kind of on the fence and and you know trying to see who's going to win out just like late lord uh walter frey right i mean he's mm -hmm. late frey he's um he again could have pushed both of those sides you know could have pushed the uh this in the favor of Rhaegar, depending on which side you know they were going to um lean right. to because he has to end up getting the dornish Rhaegar's going to get all the dornish mm -hmm. you know support that's where mm -hmm. the, the bulk of his 
uh, army is from. So, yeah, which is ironic, I think, you know, for right. the Targaryens. So, right. Uh, okay, what else here? Let's see. Uh, they're big. Oh, I wanted to mention the city before we move on. The, the, the um, this city is actually uh, most of the time you've got slaves. They keep some slaves in there, but they're it's it's relatively abandoned. It is large enough to fit all of the different Kalasars or the different uh, the different calls and their and their um, their hordes. So when Khal Drogo shows up here, it's like there's still plenty of room in that city for everyone to gather. Right. Which is I, I yeah. thought was huge, and and um, every different like keep or whatever was kind of made differently because the the different slaves uh, would build based upon where they had had come from. If it's a marine, if it's young guy, wherever it may be that they came from, they're building um, you know palaces or keeps that look a lot like where they came from. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of neat, you know. Just to, that's why uh, Viserys calls it like this this trash city. You know, it's just a bunch of right. other you know, places that have been plundered, trash, etc. It's just been piled up here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's see. Okay. Um, so after that, um, yeah, we just get we just get a little more more of the city, and they talk about you know, um, like the Eastern Market and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they talk a little bit about the, how uh, every cow has his blood riser. So that's kind of cool. So this this chapter actually we do get a little bit more of like the kind of day-to-day life of the Dothraki. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just talk about like they talk about blood riders and how his life had been bound. Uh, Colo uh, came to Danny and uh, as as Eerie and Jiqui were helping her down, um, he was the oldest of Drogo's three blood rider, riders. Talk about him a little bit. Then his life had been bound to Drogo's the day her lord husband was born. Mm-hmm. Every cow has his blood risers. At first, Danny thought it more of uh, kind of Dothraki king's guards sworn to protect their lord, but it went further than that. Jiqui had taught her that the blood rider was more than a guard. They were the cow's brothers, his shadows, his fiercest friends. Blood of my blood, Drogo calls them. Yep, which is cool. And the ancient tradition of the horse lords demanded that when the cow died, his blood riders died with him. Yep. To ride at his side in the nightlands. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Some serious. That's some serious. Uh, you know. It's it's some dedication. I mean, my my question to Sir Matt is, you know, is is he my blood rider? You know, that's. Oh yeah, you that, better <laughs> yo, you better believe it. <laughs> I mean, hey, now hold on a second, because now what we didn't tell folks is that these blood riders they they share everything. All right. So. They- yeah. <laughs> That's uh, true. It's just funny. They, um, I know. Yeah, there's some some real some real serious dedication though. Uh, and Danny's right. actually glad that they don't share that. Cal Drogo doesn't share quote everything uh, with his right with his blood riders because that would include her. Right. You know. So yeah. That's yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Something she's worried about. So and actually they're about to. I think they're headed up to. Um, oh, the 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 mother of mountains, right? They're sending mm-hmm. up there, right? And that's that's actually they're gonna they can only only men can go up there, and they're taking Khal Drogo up there. It's sort of a ceremony type of thing where he'll go with his blood blood riders, um, and she and he's kind of informing her that you know he won't be with her tonight, essentially. Right. So, um, did we mention yeah. too that they they all had to take off their everyone had to put their sword hand over a sword, right. you know, as they enter yep. the city. You're not allowed to bear steel. In, in the, no, in the you are city. not allowed to bear steel, which is a, obviously a huge deal that comes up back later. Yeah, yep. Um, you know, with with uh, with Viserys, that's yep. kind of 
what it, what ends it gives it finally gives him his his crown. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You can't you can't have that. So um, uh, so then um, so like Daenerys kind of you know it's getting dark. She kind of goes to um, Drogo is going to go right off. Right, he's going to go right. like, hunt. Yeah. Right, he's going to make a sacrifice to the gods and return. Um, and this is uh, where Daenerys is like, okay, I'm gonna get a bath going to start to go to eat, and she says, Eerie, go to the bazaar and, and get some fruit and meat, anything but horse. And she says, she, Here he says, horse is, best. Hor- horse is best. Horse makes a man strong. She's like, Viserys hates horse meat. Right. So there there she is, and she's trying to, like, look out for him. She is, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's, she's, like, she's trying to look out for him, and then he rushes in, and um, he says, How dare you send this whore to give me commands? Um, he says, I only wanted, um, like... You know, she's like, I only wanted to like have you join me for supper. He says, No one commands the dragon. I am your king. I should have sent you back her head. Um, Danny kind of calms the situation down. She's like, Don't be afraid. He's not going to hurt you. Right. Um, well, and then he, 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 yeah, go ahead. Well, it's yeah, it's, it's one of those things where she's actually made him. I mean, his rat. They talked earlier in the chapter, like he had walked so much that. Everything he brought from Illyrios, again, he's he was once the beggar king. Oh, absolutely. He's oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Soiled. It's everything's just super nasty, and uh, right. you know she makes him these new garments, and they're really he's got like mm-hmm. these this dragon head on it. You know, it looks really good, but it's in the style. It's still, I think I, I always I envision it as like this hybrid uh, clothing between the Dothraki right. garb and Westerosi garb, and. Mm-hmm. He's insulted by it. You know, you're trying to dra- dress me up like one of these savages. He, can, he continues to call them, you know, savages and stuff. And so, and she explains, that's all I was trying to do. You know, I was just trying to help you out. And the more she talks and tries to, you know, show him that she's just looking after him, he just continues to get, you know, ticked. And yep. um, to the point where I think he, he, what's he do? He grabs her, right? You have that part like where he grabs mm-hmm. her and then kind of um, yeah, starts right, to yeah, kind of uh, hurt her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right here. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he, he, he picks up the cloak. He's like, this thing's a manure. Should I, I should use it as a horse blanket. Um, she's like, uh, I had these specially drawn for you. These are garments fit for a cow. She's like, I'm the, he says, I am the Lord of the seven kingdoms, not some grass stained savage with bells in his hair. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he he grabs her by the arm. He says, uh, you forget yourself slut. Do you think that big belly will protect you from me? If you wake the dragon. His fingers dug into her heart painfully, and for an instant, Danny felt like a child again. Um, you know, quelling in the face of his rage, she reached out with her other hand, grabbed the first thing she touched, the belt she had hoped to give him, a heavy chain of ornate bronze medallions. She swung it at him with her strength, with all her strength. It caught him in the face. Viserys lets go of her, um, and she says, "You are the one that forgets uh, forgets himself." Danny says, "Don't you learn any? Didn't you learn anything that day in the grass? Leave me now before I summon my calls to drag you out." And I pray that Cal Drogo does not hear of this, or he will cut open your belly and feed you your own entrails. Mm-hmm. Yep. Viserys scrambles back to his feet. When I come into my kingdom, you will rue this day. He walks off, um, and uh, Daenerys gets her dinner, and she says, "I'm not hungry." Um, and then uh, just kind of cool here. She kind of goes outside and and, and uh, lays, and, and then she kind of drags her, gets her eggs. She says, um, yeah. here we go. Uh, Eerie fetched the egg with the deep green shell, bronze flex shining amidst its scales as it turned in her small hands. Danny curled up on her side, pulling the sand silk cloak across 
her and cradling the egg. In the hollow between her swollen belly and uh, small, tender breasts, she liked to hold them. They were so beautiful, and something, and sometimes just being close to them made her feel stronger, braver, as if somehow she were drawing strength from the stone dragons locked inside. She was laying there holding the egg when she felt the child move within her, as if it, it was reaching out brother to brother, blood to blood. Yep. You are the dragon, Danny whispered to him. The true dragon. I know it. I know it. And she smiled and she went sleeping, dreaming of home. Yeah. I got a question for yeah. you. Yeah. That's pretty big. So, you know, um, that was Rhaegal, right, that she was holding. So that's right. named after Rhaegar Targaryen, green with the bronze mm-hmm. markings there. Um, my thought, too, when, when I first read this and we had the theory last week was the idea that um, that her unborn son, her unborn child is reaching out to this dragon, this this dragon, right? And then Mm -hmm. later on, you know, she... um, Does she lose the child before she goes into the flames? Or does she go... I think she does. Doesn't she? Yeah, she does. That's what causes her to just... Well, you know, know, something I just noticed was all of this happens right after she cuts open her brother's face, right? And he bleeds. He bleeds, yeah. So, like, the... So there is this idea of it is fire and blood. Yep. Right. So mm-hmm. blood is still part of it. Yep. Um, so I just find it. I just find it interesting. And yeah, I'm actually working on an enormous uh, summer hall theory that has all to do with all of this stuff. And Good. Uh, it's going to be a patron. It's going to be a patron episode. So don't want to spoil any of that. But uh, I'm working on a massive, massive theory coming ho- hopefully soon. I'm I'm always chipping away at it a little bit here. But uh, Good. yeah. So Good. it has all to do with the idea of fire and blood. Yeah. Well, and, and so I was thinking, at what point does, could a child or the, the child's spirit um, be connected to right. this dragon, to these dragons? One of them, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it Rhaegal? Is it, is it Drogon? Is it, uh, you know, like, does he, does he skin change into them? You know, is that, is that even a possibility? Yeah. Does, that, does that spirit? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I just, you know, she's the mother of dragons. You know, because people had brought up the idea that that this would be the pr- the prince that was that was promised is Drogon, you know, or mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. So, anyways, yeah. um, cool little chapter. You get a little insight into the Dothraki and and uh, Vase Dothrak and and the Dashkalene mm-hmm. and uh, so mm-hmm. pretty neat. Jorah Mormont's talking more about. Oh, uh, yeah, we kind of skipped over. We brushed over just the one part where he talks about how. You know, he was um, exiled basically because of uh, a few poachers. You know what I mean? Right. That's the way yeah. he kind of phrases it, a few poachers. And we know yeah, uh, we, that he we, sold we, him we, into yeah, slavery. We, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so, yeah, that's that's basically what happened. So, yeah, and we and we, and we talk, we'll get, we get to more of that, too. Uh, that, that comes up back later when we finally get to a Clash of Kings around that time. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so Ezra, we have a uh, a raven. We we'd kind of like to read here. So uh, I think I'll since it's your best bud, I'll yeah. let you go ahead and uh, and read it. Absolutely. So um, we have a raven here, just from the Ghost of Heron Hall, and basically this is a pretty uh, cheerful, optimistic type of you know the ghost sometimes sends us some some heavy stuff. You know, I mean we're mm-hmm. we're typically chasing down uh, cats and rabbits and dragons uh, into various uh, you know dark places. So, but this time it's 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 very. Uh, straightforward. Um, we know the ghost is from Heron Hall, and that that Heron Hall is a rather uh, large, large keep, a uh, place that could house quite a few uh, of us. And the ghost actually uh, says this: "Good sirs, I happen to have uh, access to a very large keep that could be readied for 
uh, your tourney. <laughs> Harrenhal uh, isn't a uh, isn't as cursed as everyone thinks it is. We haven't seen dragons in ages. Um, I would be honored to host you, sirs, your bannermen and ladies. If you ever need a banquet hall for such an event, um, goes on to just kind of explain where we could uh, locate this hall and and how we could get access to it. So there's plenty of room there. There's plenty of access to a local pub right across the way. Uh, drinks are permitted in this establishment. And so it's just a nice, uh, good offer from the ghost that we have a, a, a spot. I think this is in Utah. Um, so in downtown yeah. Utah, or uh, I don't know which which town that uh, is. Downtown Utah, yeah, not downtown Utah. Uh, um, Bountiful. Well, Salt Lake. Salt Lake is the biggest city in Utah. Which 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 town is this? I, think yeah, I gotta so. look this up. I don't know. I gotta look it up here. Um, ba- but anyways, Bountiful. I don't yeah. think that's right. But I, anyways, it doesn't matter. We will hit up the ghost there, and we'll we'll try to figure out um, a good time possibly. Because I think Sir Matt, you said it was like what an hour drive for. Well, that is uh, actually no, a it's place. Not, it's not. It's not an hour drive. Or day, from, a day drive. A day drive. Yeah, it would be a day. It would be a day drive. Yeah, because I drove from my third day when I was driving across the country. I left just a town just north of Salt Lake City. Um, was it Bountiful? Because that's just north of Salt Lake. No, I think City. It was, I think it was Ogden was where I left, and I drove, and I drove. I left. I left like early in the morning, like I want to say like five or something, and I. Um, yeah, I got to Portland in a day, so it's a day's drive from. Well, Portland get this: to... this place is just south of of Ogden, literally just south. Okay, of so it's in between Ogden and and Salt, and Salt Lake. Lake. Yeah, yes, yeah, so that's a day. That's a day's drive for me, and that's like an hour like flight. I mean, the it's Salt pretty, Lake City International flight. Airport is literally just down the road. Like, yeah, right Same, there pretty, it is. Yeah. So, hey, and remember, hey, and remember, you know, I I met I met that guy whose name I'm totally gonna blank on right now. It was a Tanner, um, wasn't when it? I stayed. Tanner, yeah, yeah, I think it was when I when I was in Ogden, and he said, "Hey, man, I can get you a, a discount, and I can stay at that hotel." And that was a pretty sick hotel I stayed at. So, well, I mean, we're we've been thinking about you know like a like a meetup, and I think I mentioned it last week, and so um, I had seen this Raven from the Ghost a while back, and and just sort of decided to hold off onto it, and, uh, hold on to it until we decided um, whether we would, you know, be in a position to do that. And I think here in the next. Uh, a uh, little why we might be able to do something like that on a long weekend or something, you know, come down and have like a yeah, meetup. Yeah, sh- yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can find a day. We'll obviously have to schedule, you know, like a couple, you know, months in advance or, yeah. or something like that. And uh, yeah, get it, get it set up. I think uh, we'd have a lot of people uh, interested. I know um, certainly a lot of our uh, Amer- American listeners. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, I, there's uh, some people, yeah, who live, who live relatively close and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So, anyways, uh, that was really cool. So, really, really appreciate the offer, and uh, you know, we'll we'll definitely keep you guys posted on on our plans there in regards to that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I think cool. uh, that's that's all right. We've, we've saved some good ravens for for follow up Friday, so we've got uh, yep. quite a few stocked up now. So. Mm-hmm. so. All right, well, guys, it is time to uh, sign off, say farewell. We want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 37, Bran 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember, winter is coming.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.